awesome weekend right uh all-star weekend phenomenal stuff uh asia wilson's team ended up pulling out the w 134 to 122 over stewie and the squad you know it was a typical typical all-star game not not a whole lot of defense being played i mean but it's time give these girls a a, a rest i mean they, they grind so hard throughout the season i mean i feel like for every league it's all we don't really care about about the all-star game too much but yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, you know, they did a lot of really cool things for to send off Sylvia Fowles and Sue Bird. Uh, Sylvia, they gifted her with her own recliner, which was awesome to see her at half court with that. Uh, and she ended up, you know, with a dunk in this game, which is sick. I mean, what, what a way to go out and end her career. Uh, you know, her, her final All-Star game gets a dunk, a recliner. I mean, what more can you ask for? Uh, she, she's really going out on top. So that, that was an awesome sight. Kelsey Plum won MVP. I mean, she ended up having 30 points. I mean, Kelsey Plum, it's, dare I say, and I guess I'll wait for my Kelsey Plum praise to get into what she did to Liberty last night. But, yeah, I mean, All-Star Weekend all around, I would say, was a huge success. I loved the skills challenge. I love what they do or what they did pairing up the All-Stars with, you know, younger players or, you know, members of the next generation kind of. Uh, you know, the winner ended up being Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu. She won with Zoe Brooks, who is an NC State commit. Um, actually, I haven't had the chance to yet, but definitely going to, you know, tap into her film. And I'll get back to you guys on that. We'll, we'll test the verdict. But, um, yeah, that was really awesome to see. Allie Quigley set the record for the most three-point, you know, contest wins ever, uh, winning her fourth. But what a, it was really just all around good vibes. I mean, you can't ask for anything more, um, especially, you know, in the home city for her. That's that's dope playing in front of the Chicago fans. Um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of good vibes, a lot to love from All-Star Weekend. So but let's get into the Aces and the Liberty, because this is kind of a game between two teams that I the two teams I've really watched the most this season, I'd say. Um, I mean, you guys know I've talked about the Liberty. I've adopted them in a way as my my favorite team in the league um but also you know the liberty sabrina is her marie johans um you know stephanie dolson natasha howard i mean these these the liberty are a very very deep team i mean this was a very exciting matchup and i was you know glad that i got to got to catch some of it um kelsey plum was unconscious (laughs) it's uh, it's really starting to get a little ridiculous how easy it looks to her out there to score. Um, she's so, so comfortable on the floor. Yesterday, she ended up with 27 points. Um, and, and the crazy part is, as good as she was yesterday, she might not have even had the best game of, of all of the aces. Uh, I mean, Asia Wilson, I mean, we know why she's been an MVP in this league and why. I mean, she might mess around and, you know, she's definitely in the conversation for another MVP this year. But 23 and 14 from Asia, great game all around. I mean, defensively, you know what she gives you. She, she's such a great protector around the rim, you know. And I, I really 
you could argue that she's the best defender in the league around the rim right now. Um, you know, with her also, Jackie Young had a phenomenal game yesterday, <laughs> 23 points, five boards, seven assists. I mean, she does it all. Uh, the aces are, they're still my favorite going into, going into one, the commissioner's cup game, which is going to be so interesting. I cannot wait, wait, wait to see that. Um, which is actually a week from when this episode is being recorded, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I still like the Aces then. I still like them going into the playoffs. I mean, still a lot of season to, to play, you know. We always say there's a lot of game left. But I'm very, very excited. And, you know, the Liberty, the Liberty gave them a very, very good run for their money. Um, you know, like I was saying in the, you know, the past couple of episodes, they've been hot. I mean, they, they usually only lose to, you know, good teams. And they cooled down a little bit recently. I know they, they just suffered a loss. Well, I mean, obviously to the Aces. But, you know, they also lost the Mercury recently and had a tough game with the Sparks. But, you know, they, they usually, they're very, very competitive. They're usually in most of the games that, you know, that they're playing in. And whenever you have a dynamic player, you know, a phenomenal playmaker at, like Sabrina Ionescu, you're always going to have a shot in every game. And she almost... I mean, she was fighting at the end of this game to kind of bring them back. She had a lot of deep threes in that fourth quarter where you're just kind of like, what? Like, how did she, one, even get that off? And two, I mean, the shot-making ability is, like I was just talking about Kelsey Plum. I mean, Sabrina is the same way. And, you know, I like I said, the Liberty, they still are going to, I'm excited to see what they do post-All-Star break. I'll say that. Very excited to see how they respond. Uh, you know, they have another shot going against the Aces again at home tomorrow night, actually. So hopefully, you know, if you're available, make sure you catch that game. It's on NBA TV. Hopefully I will be able to watch a little bit of it, you know, give you guys some analysis later on this week. But it'll it'll definitely be a fun one. And, you know, I also, I can't believe that I've gone this long without mentioning Sammy Whitcomb. Because, one, I think that she is the key to the Liberty potentially winning tomorrow. I think their some of their role players, I mean, Sammy Watt, or Whitcomb is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. She's a great shooter. She moves off the ball really well, um, you know, super savvy and, you know, cutting-wise, able to, you know, free herself up around the rim. Um, not that she's a bruiser or anything like that, but when you look at, say, her, Stephanie Dolson, I would also probably throw Crystal Dangerfield in, in this category. You know, I mean, these are... If they step up tomorrow, I think they absolutely can and will beat the Aces. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> Obviously, we'll see. I mean, that that holds no weight. But if those if those women play well tomorrow, if they play well, I really think the Liberty are going to be super tough to beat, especially at home. And I'm actually going. That that's going to be my prediction. Is I'm calling Liberty win tomorrow. Liberty win tomorrow. But with that said, um, yeah. The last thing that I'm actually, I want to touch on this for sure because I just watched this recent 30 for 30. If you haven't seen it yet, highly recommend it. It's a fantastic watch and it's called Dream On. It's about the 1996, you know, USA women's basketball team. And like, there's a lot of, even though it is, you know, obviously it's one story, one documentary, there are a lot of different stories kind of and seeing everyone's story kind of come together and especially with the background of what was going on at the time you know the perception of women's sports at the time and 
especially in comparison to you know the phenomenon that was the dream team in 92 uh the background with what was going on with the women's team anyway at that time you know they had lost uh and they had lost in 1992 they'd also lost in the fiba world championships in 94 there's you know i won't spoil too much of it but it is a phenomenal phenomenal doc and it brings you know a lot of perspective is into how influential you know that team was in terms of what women's sports and you know the WNBA has become today um you know i, I thought it was really awesome listening to lisa leslie uh, she's you know been an iconic WNBA figure an iconic basketball figure for forever you know um one of i would say like the pioneers well obviously one of the pioneers because she was a part of that team um you know cheryl swoops is on that team i honestly didn't i'm glad i watched because i didn't know that much about that team and i didn't have the full background about you know what they really mean to women's sports and just basketball in general i mean cheryl swoops was an icon you know i mean she was the michael jordan of of that time like they, she had the air swoops go look it up if you don't believe me uh might need to cop a pair for myself uh oh and speaking of speaking of, while we're on this topic a little personal tidbit for you guys i tried to get those lisa leslie dunk lows last week absolutely heartbroken i mean they're the toughest pair of shoes i've ever seen in my life but you know the sneakers app that's that's another journey for a different day but anyway enough of my my personal personal quarrels that team did so much for the where we are now and you know young you know girls and women growing up and when you look at the Paige Bukers and you know the Caitlin Clarks uh who I believe I truly believe they're going to be the next generation of you know all out of this world superstar talent you know level players in the WNBA and you can even look at the the superstar talents that they have now I, you know, Sabrina, I will always rave about her. Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson, Jackie Young. Gotta show some love to the Aces. Ryan Howard, I've told you guys I'm super high on Ryan Howard. Can't mention all of, you know, all of these fantastic women without mentioning Brianna Stewart, who has been running the game ever since she's been at UConn and obviously for the past couple of years in the league. So just seeing the influence and, you know, how impactful they were to where we are today. It, it, it's something that I really, if you guys have an extra chance, I 100% recommend. I think everyone that's a sports fan should absolutely watch that documentary. So, as Aerosmith once said, dream on. And with that, those are my parting words. That's all I got for you guys today. Uh, another great episode. I mean, episode nine. I We're about to be at, uh, you know, the decade mark of episodes. Not not decade. Um, I don't know why... That was the word that came to mind. But we are at the 10th episode, which is which is super dope. We're hitting double digits. Super excited, super excited. Um, so, yeah, that'll be coming soon. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. I, you know, appreciate it. Definitely make sure, you know, you keep following. Oh, go follow the Fast Break on IG now. We officially have the IG up and running. There's actually a Twitter in the works. Uh, there's some blog things that are in the works. So, you know, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on that. But... As always, make sure to take care of your mental health. Make sure to, you know, do something nice for someone today. Uh, do a good deed and, you know, have a great day. All right. Um, I will see you guys next time. And for that, this has been the Fast Break with C. Blake. And welcome back to the Fast Break with C. Blake. What's up, guys? 
It's it's been a little bit of a minute, a little bit you know longer than I may have liked to have had this episode out, but we're back. So who cares? We're back. Uh, I'm super amped. I mean, so much summer league action has gone down since the last time you know I've been doing this, and uh, the rookies are impressing me. I'm really really excited about this year's rookie class, especially because you know my team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, we hit it out of the park. I uh, I actually just got done watching the Cavs and Hornets Summer League game, which, you know, the Cavs, they didn't have their best game of, you know, the Summer League. They're 1-2 and two right now, haven't been, you know, super great, but it, it's really not a problem because I've seen all that I need to see from, from the Cavs Summer League team, to be honest. I love, 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 love Oche, Ochai, excuse me, Igbaji. Um, I am, like, ecstatic i can't wait to see him playing next to darius garland next year because this is a guy that you know obviously we know he's an established player at kansas we knew he was you know one of the older players in the draft but regardless of that he obviously was you know one of the most nba ready players i would argue that he is other than probably paulo bancaro who we'll get into a little later he might be the most nba ready player right now um just in terms of a college guy coming in and on day one not necessarily that they're going to have an impact. I mean, there are plenty of rookies that are going to have an impact. But Ochai is going to, he's a seamless fit with this Cavs roster. And him, you put him next to Darius Garland. I mean, it's perfect. Now we have another guy that can, you know, be off the ball. Obviously, he's a great shooter. He knows how to create. It's it's funny. Uh, CJ McCollum was doing the broadcast tonight for, uh, for the game. And he really was... You know, I mean, he, he basically is saying the same things that I have now. Uh, I mean, Ochai is completely ready. He's completely ready to come in, step in day one, and you know, he, he's going to have an impact for this Cavs team. CJ was saying that he's going to take some minutes away from somebody next year. Uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, we'll see how it goes. The Cavs, we're a really loaded roster. I'm, you know, super excited about the depth that they are going to have this year. I think, you know, obviously you look one through five. DG, I'm still, you know, TBD on the Colin Sexton situation. I'm, you know, waiting anxiously for some news to come out about that. But let's, for, for the sake of right now, you know, for the sake of right now, we'll say he's not on the team. Because even with or without Colin Sexton, even though I am hoping that the Cavs find a way to make this work, with or without him, the Cavs are a deep team. And I truly believe that they're a playoff team next year. I believe they're probably a top. 16 in the east six yeah i think they're a top six team in the east uh the east is loaded now i mean you got you know i mean and i've touched on this before but i mean this is a loaded roster you got say dg we'll say okoro at the two and then you can i mean you could put the threes you know however you want to put them you know mobley you can you could switch okoro to the three and you know start mobley and allen you can start Lowry, Mobley, and J.A. with, you know, Okora with the two and D.G. And then e- either way, off the bench, you've still got, you know, these great impact guys. I mean, Kevin Love is still here. You know, I mean, Ochai is going to be coming off the bench this year. You know, we just re-signed Dean Wade, Ricky Rubio. They just signed back with the Cavs. So th- this roster is, is going to be a, a loaded, loaded deep team, you know, going forward next year. And, you know, Luke Travers is another another one of those rookies that he's impressed me. I know he's not going to be on the floor with us next year. He's, you know, going back to Australia for another year. 
but he's got a ton of potential too. Just a long, you know, wing that can create for others. He's really that that new style of point forward that we're seeing in the NBA more and more. He he is that, you know. Um, coming overseas, he ha- is going to have a lot of experience. You know, he's getting another year under his belt this year. So I'm I'm amped to see. I mean, just him. I mean, Isaiah Mobley. He didn't have his best game tonight. Uh, if we're you know being honest, but it it's the summer league. That's why we don't overreact to the summer league. That's why we don't overreact when things go bad, and we do overreact when things go well. Uh, but but Isaiah Mobley will be fine. Uh, you know, he he will find a way to make an impact because he impacts the game in more ways than just scoring. You know, like, like I said, he didn't have his best game tonight, uh, especially shooting the ball. But either way, he finds ways to you know impact the game defensively. He had 11 boards tonight. Um, you know, led the team in rebounds. And defensively, he's long. I mean, he creates for others. He's a great passer for a big man. So, you know, and, and also I have to touch on R.J. Nemhard as well because, you know, I, he's not going to be – I think he's one of our two-way guys next year and, you know, he'll spend the majority of his time probably in the G League. But either way, I mean, R.J. Nemhard is a, is a really good guard uh, that, that deserves, you know, some NBA, some NBA playing time. Uh, depending on the right situation, I mean, there's – you know, you never know what can happen with injuries and things like that. And if that was to happen for a team, you know, God forbid it does, or, you know, any team, let alone the Cavs. But, you know, he's a guy that can come in, step in, and not only, you know, produce scoring-wise, but he facilitates for others. He, you know, is very good at getting downhill and creating, you know, for, for other guys off the wing. So, you know, Arjun Emhart, I mean, this, this Cavs team, the, the Summer League team has shown me all I need to see, to be honest. So, you know, I won't spend too much time on them, especially because I want to get into some of the probably more exciting, more exciting, uh, you know, overall things that are going on in the league right now. And I definitely have to start with the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Thunder Buddies, uh, as I like to call them these days. Chet Holmgren is going to be a heck of a player in this league. He is going to be a heck of a player. I still think that he has to add some some weight. And, you know, I think that's nothing that we haven't said before or nothing that we haven't heard before. But Chet really, I, I didn't realize how deep his offensive bag is really. You know, he can do it all on offense. And that was something that I didn't watch. I, I didn't see enough at Gonzaga this year, I would say. Partially, it's probably my own fault because I wasn't, you know, watching Gonzaga every, especially on the West Coast. I mean, those games don't come out until like 11 o'clock. But either way, you know, I mean, I, that was something I didn't know he had in his bag. He had a couple. I watched the Magic game last night. Uh, last night, two nights ago. It was recent. It was recent. All we got to say. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this is a guy, you know, he hit a couple of step-back threes in that game. I mean, he's very versatile in the pick and roll. Him and Giddy are going to be a problem for years to come. Especially, you know, th- these guys are so young right now. And they're only going to continue, you know, Oklahoma City, Sam Presti, I, I see the vision. I see the vision. You know, I, I know we all were kind of poking fun, and, you know, we, we all understood that they were obviously in rebuild mode, but they had tons of draft picks. But now we're kind of starting to see these draft picks come to fruition. And Chet is really, I wouldn't say Chet's the beginning. I guess Josh Giddy is really the beginning. Him, you can look at guys like Lou Dort. Uh, they didn't draft Shea, but he obviously has been, you know, a part of Oklahoma City and that culture. And, you know, he, he's going to be the guy for them, I think, going forward, at least this season. But, I mean, th- these guys, once they start to, you know, mesh and 
learn how to play together, learn each other's, each other's tendencies. I mean, it's going to be just like, <laughs> it's going to be just like 2012, 2013 all over again when, you know, we had Russ, KD, James Harden. And that's not to say that the guys they have now are the same skill level or the same, you know, same kinds of talents, I would say. But they're great players in their own right. And they're only, like I said, they're only going to get better. I mean, Chet hasn't even played a game in the NBA yet. Uh, you know, Giddy, I don't believe he should be playing in the summer league, to be honest. I, I said that the first day he was out there. But, I mean, th- this is a guy, he's such a skilled passer. He can do it all on the floor, you know. And he, the thing I love the most about Josh Giddy is that he moves at his own pace. You're never going to speed him up. You know, he, he's going to play however he wants to play. And he's efficient at doing it, too. You know, summer league, he hasn't been the, as efficient as, you know, you would like to see. But he's still been able to put up a couple of triple doubles, you know, and the, the passing, I, I can't emphasize enough how great of a passer he is, especially off the inbounds plays, because they, they, he's caught a lot of guys sleeping, you know, throughout this summer league, and I was definitely paying a lot of attention to it during the Orlando game the other night, so Oklahoma City's got a lot to be excited about. There are a lot of, you know, really fun pieces and things to be happy about if you're a Thunder fan right now, and I'll get into the team they were playing as well. It's kind of unfortunate we didn't get to see the one-two matchup yesterday. Uh, you know, Paulo Bankero didn't play. I mean, he should. He doesn't really have to play anymore. Uh, I think he showed us, and at least showed the Orlando Magic all that they needed to see. Um, I, I mean, Paolo is he's got next. I, I said it before. I really do believe he's the most NBA-ready player in this draft. Um, he would be, even though I still love. Jaden Ivey, and I'm still going to stick by him as my Rookie of the Year pick. Paolo probably should be the favorite. Um, I mean, this is a guy that he affects the floor in all kinds of ways. I mean, three-level score can get it done at all three levels. He's comfortable at all three levels, you know. that That's the biggest thing for me is he's just the most comfortable player out there. Like, it's the stage isn't too big for him. And I know it's just Summer League, but... That's always a good sign, you know? It's always, that's exactly what you want to see out of your number one pick, you know? It's better than for him to look uncomfortable out there and, you know, look like he doesn't really belong on the floor. So any kind of, you know, positive encouragement. And and he has been all of the hype, all of the hype of a number one pick. You know, like I said, three-level score, rebounds very well. I mean, he's got great size, 6'10". <laughs> they were saying he was upset, you know, that they uh, apparently he's 6'10 and a half. Uh, they send that on the broadcast, but I mean, what, whatever, that's, <laughs> that's just one of those funny tidbits about guys, but you know, and, and the most underrated part of Paolo's game is how great of a playmaker he is because he has been able to, you know, throughout the two games that he played in, he was getting guys open and, you know, when he commands so much attention on the offensive side of the ball that, you know, guys are just bound to get open and, you know, Caleb Houston was a guy that kind of was able to benefit from that. Um, Xavier Simpson, you know, I those were kind of the other guys from the Magic team that really stood out to me. I've always been a Xavier Simpson fan, even when he was at <clears throat> that school up north. But uh, I, I love his runner hook shot. You know, he's always, he's been doing that since, at least since his freshman year at Michigan. I mean, probably since high school for him to have practiced it, you know, that much at the clip that he does. But, you know, Simpson has been very solid for them. Like I was saying, Caleb Houston was able to hit a couple of shots, at least in the games that I have seen from them. And, you know, the Magic, I mean, RJ Hampton wasn't playing as well. And, you know, they still have Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony. They, 
they aren't going to make a whole lot of noise this year, but there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Magic fan as well. I mean, this is just, you know, I, I will keep hammering it on the heads. The NBA is the most talented that it's ever been. It has ever been. And, you know, the Magic, are they're another one of those teams that's up next. And speaking of up next, I would like to introduce an entirely new segment to the Fast Break called the Fast Five. Uh, basically, I'm just going to give you guys my five favorite players that I've watched in Summer League right now, or at least up to this point. Um, you've actually heard some of them, hence, you know, the Magic and Thunder talk. Uh, I will, I'll, start, I'll start with Paulo Bencaro. I mean, he has to be on the list, like I said. Most NBA-ready guy to me. I think he's, you know, going to be phenomenal. And for, you know, the Magic, he's going to be so instrumental in turning that franchise around. You know, like I said, they still have a lot of other young pieces, Suggs, Anthony. I mean, Paolo has, to me, been one of the best players throughout this entire summer league. And next, I was going to put them both in, but, I mean, why would I do that? Because, you know, well, let's show some, some more love to, to some other guys out there. So, Gideon Chet count as one. Um, well, also because Josh Giddy, like I said, shouldn't even be playing in the summer league. But, yeah, I mean, those guys, they've been so phenomenal. I mean, the Thunder... They've made the Thunder Summer League games like must-see TV. I mean, I have I'm tuned in to everyone when I can get a chance to watch. And you know, Giddy and Chet when they're on the floor together, they're super exciting. The Thunder also have a pretty solid Summer League squad. I mean, Trey Mann is playing. They've had both of the Jalen Williams who, you know, both have shown their flashes. I didn't know how great of a passer, uh, excuse me, passer. The Jalen Williams out of Arkansas, the big man. <laughs> I did not know how great of a passer he was, but they, they also have a little bit of chemistry between the two of them. So it's really going to be interesting to see how Oklahoma City rounds this thing out together. Um, you know, like I said, and Jalen Williams, a similar, I wouldn't say similar player to Lou Dort, um, but similar build kind of guy. Going to be another wing that you can throw out there. Going to be able to play three and D. Um, you know, they, they have a lot to be excited about in Oklahoma City. And it's this I know it's not going to come to fruition this year obviously Rome wasn't built in the day but this summer league success and you know excitement is something that we could definitely see a couple years down the line from Oklahoma City so now let's get some fresh faces in here it's a fresh subject fresh topic let's get some fresh faces and the next guy I want to talk about is Cam Thomas the guy who I actually Two weeks ago, I would have said had the most to gain out of the KD and Kyrie drama. I really think Cam Thomas is a stud. He's a star waiting to happen. He's a star waiting to be born. Uh, I mean, KD and Kyrie, obviously, you know, they're superstar talents, phenomenal. You want to have them on your team, whatever. That's nothing that I have to tell you guys. But if they... And, and they still haven't settled everything. I mean, there hasn't been too much noise since our last episode. You know, still the Kyrie to the Lakers rumors, but nothing, no real traction. Uh, but if those guys were to both leave, I I truly believe Cam Thomas is, uh, he would be, he would be the most improved player of the year. I think that he absolutely has the most to gain. You know, he's a fantastic shot creator. He's a tough shot maker. You know, I, on the defensive end, he definitely give you a little bit more effort, but he is, I mean, offensively, he's the full package. And for a team like Brooklyn that is, <laughs> it's crazy for the roster that they have that they're also two steps away from rebuilding. But, you know, for a team that would be in a rebuilding stage if, say, Kyrie and, you know, KD were to leave, 
Cam Thomas would absolutely be he, – he would gain the most from it because of, you know, those shots. I mean, who else is going to take those shots? I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Ben Simmons if he even comes back. But to this point, you know, Ben hasn't been a volume shooter uh, to any level. You know, I Royce O'Neal, I, I like the signings that, you know, the Nets have had this offseason, but Cam Thomas, is he's a bucket. And I, I don't think that enough people have realized it yet. You know, Summer League, he's been doing his thing. I believe he's the leading, he is, the, actually, that's, I know for a fact, he is still the leading scorer in the Summer League. And, you know, it's just so effortless for him. It's so smooth. So I had to show Cam Thomas some love for, you know, being the stud that he is. He, he is going to wake a lot of people up very soon, pending, I think, with or without the KD-Kyrie situation, honestly. Either way, this year, he's definitely going to take a leap, and a lot of people are going to start to take notice of him. And speaking of players who people are going to start to take notice of, this guy, number four on you know this week's Fast Five, actually plays in the same state as Cam Thomas. And that man is Quentin Grimes out of Houston University. Uh, Quentin Grimes, you know, I'm very excited to see what he's going to bring to the table for the Knicks. I mean, he clearly worked on his game this offseason. He looks a lot more confident. His pull-up jumper is, you know, phenomenal. The few few minutes in action that I you know have gotten to watch the Knicks in this this offseason, you know Grimes has been phenomenal. He's had 24 points in every game. Uh, I was able to watch some of the Warriors game and some of the Bulls game the other night, but I wasn't able to catch them against the Blazers. Uh, that was the only game that they've actually lost in in summer league so far. But he just looks like I said so comfortable. You know he worked on his game. He's very confident now. He's a guy that could come in and, you know, really make a contribution on this Knicks team. Especially, I'm excited about the Knicks. I'm, dare I say, I'm slowly becoming a fan. I almost want to root them for them, you know? I, I, want, I want to see the Knicks do well this year. I really like the moves that they've made. It's also, the NBA is so, so fun when the garden is bumping, you know? It's awesome to see legendary performances in a place that's as iconic as Madison Square Garden. And, you know, New York, I mean, it's time for them to, you know, we, we thought it was coming two years ago when, I mean, they got absolutely destroyed by uh, Trey Young and the Hawks that year. But, you know, and, and that was a huge disappointment. But now I think this team coming back, I mean, I really like the pieces that they have. Jalen Brunson, as I said, R.J. Barrett. I will hammer it until the day that, you know, he proves me wrong. He is, I believe, the best player on this Knicks team. And once they hand him the reins of the offense, you have, you know, Brunson and Randall as your, you know, other, your two second and third options, I guess. You also still have Evan Fournier, who is a more than capable scorer. Quentin Grimes, as I'm saying, you know, it's, who, who knows what he can do in the regular season. I mean, he is playing himself into, you know, absolutely a rotational role. And you slide him, say he, you know, even develops, and I'm not saying he has to average 24 a game like he's doing for the Knicks summer league team, but he can slide in and be a really nice two in that, you know, that, that rotation. You bring Fournier off the bench. You, you can also bring him off the bench, and he can just be like a nice spark plug. I think you can do a lot of things with the Knicks rotation right now. I mean, they've got, and, and I haven't even mentioned the front court guys. You still have Jericho Sims, who's had a phenomenal summer league. Uh, you still have Obi Toppin, who hasn't even been playing, but, you know, I mean, not, and that's not to say that he even has to play. I think Obi proved, you know, more than enough that he's going to be a player in this league for some time last year. 
Uh, Emmanuel quickly as well, even though switching back to the guard side of things. And that's not even to mention Mitchell Robinson, who is one of the, I think he's one of the better young defenders in the league today. Uh, I mean, this Knicks team has a lot to be excited about, a lot to be excited about. And Quentin Grimes, you know, I'm very, very happy with what I've seen from him so far in the first three games of Summer League. And my final, final guy is actually the second leading scorer in Summer League right now, and that's Moses Moody for the Golden State Warriors, of course. Like, of course it has to be the Warriors, you know? This is what we talked about a month ago, you know, with this team is so deep, and they're still, they still have the ability to run it back with the secondary dynasty, with the young guys that they have. I mean, and, and Moses Moody balling out right now is just a testament to that. And it's not just him. I mean, Kuminga has had a great summer league as well. And, you know, James Wiseman is back. He played the other day. It was good to see him, you know, get out on the floor. He was active. Exactly what they need. He even had a three ball while he was out there. I mean, if James Wiseman is coming back, putting forth any kind of production like that, I mean, forget about it, man. You can forget about it because the Warriors, they're so hard to match up with. I mean, they, they would have every possible need, basically, that you could that you would want on the floor. And, you know, let, let me get back to Moody because he has been phenomenal. I mean, you know, that the Summer League hasn't been the best for the Warriors, I guess. They're one and two. I mean, it's also, these are the preliminary games, so these don't even really matter, but... In every game that the Warriors have had so far this in Summer League, he has made a, such a positive impact. He's such a positive impact on the floor. You know, obviously he has great size. He can play defense. Uh, but offensively, it's his pace that's the best thing. You know, he, he's not going to blow by you with, with speed or anything. But he's another one of those guys that is kind of just going to get to his spot at whatever, you know, <laughs> however fast or however slow he wants to get there, he'll get there. And, you know, he has a lot of really creative, crafty moves. Uh, he, he's a great, has a great pump fake. Um, I mean, he shook a couple of guys in, in that Knicks game, at least I know for a fact, uh, for, you know, some wide open threes. I mean, and <laughs> that's the last thing that the Golden State Warriors need now is another guy that can come in and, you know, shoot wide open threes. I, you know, I don't mean that literally. I mean, obviously the Warriors are going to love that, but it's the last thing that the rest of the league needs for sure. And, you know, Kuminga has been fan phenomenal, like I said, and Wiseman. These guys, even Mac McClung has given them some really good minutes off the bench. He, he's been exciting so far. And if this is any preview of the steps that all of these young guys are going to take this season, I mean, league's in trouble. We, we already knew the league was in trouble just because, you know, they're the Golden State Warriors and they're one of the most dominant dynasties in the history of the game. But, man, I mean, th these guys are going to be really fun to watch next year. And with that, I will wrap up Summer League for right now. Still have a lot of lot of things to talk about, a lot of things to talk about. But, um, oh, one last thing, one last thing. I definitely want to make sure I wish EJ Liddell a speedy recovery. So, so bummed that he's not going to get a chance to play out his rookie year. I thought he was going to prove a lot of people wrong. Uh, the Pelicans are a young, young, exciting team. And, you know, EJ is, I, you know, I was really excited to see what EJ could do. Um, I, I still believe that, he has the prettiest mid-range jump shot that I've seen probably since Sean Livingston, like the 2015 finals. Um, I mean, the stroke, it, it's so pure, but that, that's neither here nor there. Um, 
definitely want to make sure that, you know, EJ can come back healthy, that, you know, he's doing okay. Get prayers out for him, his family during this time, and the Pelicans organization. But with that, that will wrap up our summer league talk for today.